Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Traditionally, this day is called Christ the King Sunday. It's the day we proclaim the majesty of Christ, that Jesus is Lord over all of creation. And this day does a couple of things. It's the last Sunday of our church calendar, so feel free to wish one another Happy New Year today and this next week. And it sets us up to start the story of Emmanuel, of God with us all over again as we transition to Advent. And while we say that Christ is king, womanist theologian Will Gaffney gives a word of warning about using such language. She notes how employing the language of kingship to describe Jesus can be misleading. Because the images that come with monarchy, with kingdoms and their kings, so often contradict the work of Jesus and the continued work of Jesus. It's important to unpack what we mean when we say that Jesus is king. Because when I think of a king, especially the king of kings, the ultimate king, I think of gout and ermine robes. I I think of wealth and power obtained via oppression and conquest. I think of womanizers and enslavers. In many ways, successful kings by human standards are the ones with blood on their hands, the ones who have put the throne first counting the loss of life as the cost of protecting and building their kingdoms. The words we use carry underlying stories and images. And in many ways, we're bound to language in order to describe and identify. But Gaffney posits that even with our limitations, we can craft language for God that isn't rooted in slavery and subjugation like Lord king. Using the words kingdom and king to describe God and God's work leads me to think of God as someone out of Game of Thrones or for the more genteel among us, someone out of the crown. Someone obsessed with securing and maintaining their own power socially, politically, and through military might. And that's not Jesus. Between his Mediterranean diet and all the walking that he did, I doubt that Jesus had gout. (laughs) And he wasn't concerned with status. He welcomed the neglected and the rejected to his table again and again. He certainly wasn't accumulating wealth. He relied on the generosity of others to meet his most basic of needs. He actively spoke against vengeance and oppression He didn't thirst for power. No, he quenched the thirst of others. He quenched the thirst not with power, but with everlasting water, waters of truth. Jesus reigns, and he is worthy of our worship, but he's definitely a different kind of king, the likes of which we have never seen. Not in Caesar, not in David, And we're not the only ones who struggle to understand what Jesus as king means. Pilate didn't know what to make of Jesus and his ministry. Why was this man such a threat to the Jewish leaders? And he asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? What are you about? 
You must have some authority, otherwise they wouldn't have dragged you in front of me at this time of night. So what do you plan on doing with it? Are you a threat to my power as well? And Jesus responds, is that your own idea? Is that the word you use to describe me, king? Or is that the word you've heard others use? Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. And many have interpreted this to mean that Jesus' kingdom is in heaven, far away. But he's not saying, yeah, I look meek and humble here, but you should see me in my kingdom. In heaven, I'm basically Caesar. No, no. <laughs> to me, Jesus is saying that the values of his kingdom are different from those of the current system. He's saying the words you're using, the structures in place that operate through violence and oppression are so far off from what I've come to do, from what I've come to show. The values of Jesus' kingdom are so vastly different from those of this world that we Christians often fail to understand them. The church which purports to and, and, and should represent Jesus' kingdom here in the world is here to serve in humility and not seek political dominance. Jesus is the king, yet he does not arrive in a chariot, but on a donkey. He's the king of the cradle, the king of the cross. We serve a king like no other, and he does not seek power or glory. He seeks truth service, and love. He does not take from others. He gives himself for others. And there's a temptation when listening to the story of Good Friday that it's a story that happened long ago involving Jews and Romans and doesn't pertain much to us today, but this story didn't just happen long, long ago in a land far, far away. It happened this week. An innocent man's fate was laid in the hands of a governor. The governor had power to free or crucify. But thanks be to God, the, the outcome differed from that of our gospel text. But politicians like Pilate, judges, and anyone else who thinks they have ultimate authority or influence need to hear the message of Jesus that what they do and say will be judged by him. That violence will not have the last word. Truth will. Love will. Barbara Brown Taylor says that Jesus was brought down by law and order, allied with religion, which is always a deadly mix. She says that temple police are always a bad sign. When chaplains start wearing guns and hanging out at the sheriff's office, watch out. Someone is about to have no king but Caesar. Every other king takes power through violence, yet Jesus neither fights nor allows his followers to do so. It's a kingship that can be difficult to see because it's manifest in crucifixion and not in political dominance. The blood on his hands is not the blood of his enemies, but his own blood that comes from nails and a crown made of thorns. And it could be that the word king holds imagery that we can't surmount. Our human words can't capture all of who God is. God is always more. But they're what we have. 
and God is gracious. So then what words can we use? Who is God? What truth does Jesus witness to? Well, God is love. God moves us to love. God is sovereign. God is savior and shelter, sustainer, earth maker and mover, life giver, redeemer, healer, weeper, mother to the motherless, father to the fatherless, partner, friend, God feeds, God bears, God is open and available to anyone and to everyone. God is the living God and the risen Christ among us, moving us to love, moving us to serve, realigning and remaking us to look less like the kings of our imaginations, the kings on our news, and more like the king of the cradle, the king of the cross. He is the one who is worthy of our worship. He is the one who we serve. Amen. Thank you.